0: All of this is being brought home and brought together to final landing. It's a very exciting story that at once is very big, but it also is very personal.
1: Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Oral Odyssey. That is the day of a dispatch where we talk about all things Star Wars all the time, for better or for worse. Here's what we have on tap for you this week. We are digging into season three of The Bad Batch. The first three episodes are out. Plus, we've seen the next five episodes after that because we're fancy. We won't spoil anything for you, but we will share our thoughts, and that is not all we're sharing. We have the star of the Bad Batch, the dude who voices like 10 million different clones, including Hunter, Wrecker, Crosshair and Echo, voice legend D. Bradley Baker will be joining us as well. Plus, we have some video news to get to and a uh, long overdue tribute, all that, and a bag of sour cream and onion chips because they are the best type of chip right here on The Day of a Dispatch. I'm Dalton Ross, joined as always by Devin Kogan. What's going on,
2: Devin? Not too much. Not too much. Okay. Well, there you go. You heard it. I (laughs) I wish I had something more exciting to to report, but no, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited that the Bad
1: Batch is back. Well, I'll I'll tell you something. I was thinking about you last night. I was moderating a panel at the 92nd Street Y, which is a place in here in New York City. It was for The Walking Dead, the ones who live. It's the Rick and Michonne. They're back together slaying zombies and slaying hearts, Devin. And um, we were back in the green room because that's where fancy people go uh, before of and course. after. Yeah, And somehow the topic came up uh, I, I about cosplaying. And then that shifted to someone said, well, I've never cosplayed. And Andrew Lincoln and I, Guerrero, were talking like, well, but I, we've been to a renaissance fair. <gasps> uh, and I said, excuse me? Like, yeah, there's a big one down in Georgia. And one of the cast members, significant other was really into Renaissance fairs. So they, they went to a big Renaissance fair in Georgia. And
2: I was thinking of Devin and her big sword. Yes. Yes. I am already making plans to go to the Renaissance fair here in California this later this year. Is that the porny one? It's not the porny. Isn't it fair. called like Reda- Renaissance Fair Pleasure or something like that? It's, it's the Renaissance Pleasure Fair. <laughs> okay,
1: how is that not porny? What I, do you it mean? is.
2: It's a bad name, but it's mostly just an excuse for my friends and I to go get dressed up and have a turkey leg and hang out with swords all day. Was that a euphemism so.
1: when you said turkey leg?
2: All right, let's move
1: along. A- let's move on. Let's keep this show rolling right here we got d bradley baker coming up we got some uh, bad batch we're going to talk about give you our take on sort of what we've seen of the show so far we got some news we're gonna get to but first off let's do our housekeeping Uh, we always say love to get voicemails from y'all love to communicate with you all in a lot of different ways and you can call us anytime about anything i mean most people make it star wars related but i guess technically you don't even have to do that uh, but our number is 657-799-1566. You can react to anything we say here or leave any thoughts or questions uh, that you have for us. And uh, we do have a voicemail this week from someone reacting to something. We said, what do we got here, Sammy?
2: This week, we have a voicemail
1: from Takako. Okay. Calling in from the Big Apple, helping us solve the mystery
2: of last week's episode, Does Senator Palpatine Bang?
1: At a renaissance fair?
2: (laughs) At a pleasure fair.
0: (laughs) Hello, my name is Takako. I'm calling from New York. I love your podcast. I enjoy it every week. Um, Anyway, so I was listening to the most uh, recent episode where we were talking about Palpatine. How did he get a grandchild? So anyway, um, I fell into the uh, Wikipedia rabbit hole. And because I seem to remember that the guy was like a clone, not a son. And I was wondering, how did I remember this? So anyway, um I believe the story is part uh told in the novel Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher. So anyway, that's about it. Thank you very much. Always enjoy the podcast. And may the force be with you.
1: Bye. Thank you, Takako. Appreciate that. And uh and but I, I will be honest, I'm a little I'm a little sore at Takako right now because Takako went down like a whole rabbit hole, and now Takako has sent me down a rabbit hole, Devin. So, <laughs> so you know, Takako is talking about this book, Shadow of the Sith, by Adam Christopher. So, of course, I had to look it up. I haven't read this one. And this book is very tied into The Rise of Skywalker. And there's a few interesting things. I'm just going to read you all the description. Like, if you go to, like, the page on Amazon, this is, like, the book description right here. It's a little long, but it's kind of interesting. Bear with me. The Empire is dead. First off, very dramatic beginning to this this description of this book by Adam Christopher. Nearly two decades after the Battle of Endor, the tattered remains of Palpatine's forces have fled to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. But for the heroes of the New Republic, danger and loss are ever-present companions, even in this newly forged era of peace. Jedi Master Luke Skywalker, so he's still alive at this point, is haunted by visions of the dark side for telling an ominous secret growing somewhere in the depths of space on a dead world called Dun Dun Dun. By the way, you can put in like a more dramatic sound effect, Sammy, if you want later than what I just did. (laughs) On a dead world called. Okay, so hopefully, Sammy just put in Exegol. (sighs) The disturbance in the force is undeniable. And Luke's worst fears are confirmed when his old friend Lando Calrissian comes to him with reports of a dun, 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 new Sith menace. I think I'm overdoing it with the dramatic sounds. I think maybe a little. After, now here's where it gets even more interesting. After Lando's daughter was stolen from his arms, he searched the stars for any trace of his lost child. But every new rumor leads to only dead ends and fading hopes until he crosses paths with dun, 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 dun. Ochi of Vestoon. Ochi is like a no one. I mean, we've never heard of Ochi before. Ochi is a Sith <laughs> assassin tasked with kidnapping a dun, 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 dun. young girl. Um, anyway, there's more that goes on here. They talk about how there's the sacred blade to the assassin. We saw that blade in Rise of Skywalker. so. Very Rise of Skywalker oriented. I said it's interesting because we just had Billy D. Williams on the podcast talking about, hey, was that your daughter that we saw at the end of Rise of Skywalker? He's like, I don't know. Like, I thought maybe it was. It wasn't. They never told me. This book basically essentially connects the dots that it was. Um, it also is clearly setting up the Palpatine-Ray uh, connection here. It talks about how Ochi, this is the person that's hunting Rey and her parents, you know, this Ochi from, I guess, you know, the movie that we saw there and that flashback that they had real quickly in Rise of Skywalker. So a lot of interesting stuff going on here, uh, Devin. So first off, what do you make of this fact from this book that Takako is relaying to us that, yes, Palpatine's kid is a clone, and I guess maybe that means he wasn't, as Sammy said, banging?
2: (laughs) I mean, this gets at my issues with the rise of Skywalker, which is that this is all really interesting, but it would have been kind of cool to see that on screen. You know, like there's so many, like all the stuff with Lando's daughter and like the weird knife and, you know, like how actually Palpatine returned besides just somehow Palpatine returned. And uh, these are things that I would have liked to very much see on the screen. I mean, it is interesting. The idea we know, obviously that clones are, um, you know, very much tied to his, his sort of resurrection. So it would make sense for him to have like a a resurrected clone and, or like a son who's a clone, like kind of Boba Fett style. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, again, it raises more, more questions than it answers. So I don't know, which then I guess it's the clone. Does that technically make Ray his daughter? Like biologically? I don't know.
1: Could Ray know. be a clone? Again. I mean, like, why stop there? Who knows?
2: Uh, you know, like... Everyone's a clone. When you're
1: going down a rabbit hole, you're not just, like, reading book descriptions on Amazon. If you're me, you're actually going and scrolling and, like, reading reviews then of the book on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Which is what I did. And here's an interesting review that I'm going to read. This is from Mandalore41. Incredible name. Who reviewed the book and gave it five out of five stars, Devin. But I thought you'd find this review interesting. There's a reason I'm reading this review. I don't understand some of the abbreviations he uses here. You might have to help me because I'm stupid. Prior to readying sha- reading, he said reading, but I think he means reading. Prior to, well, I'm just going to stick with reading. Prior to reading Shadow of the Sith, I categorized Rise of Skywalker, not only the absolute worst Star Wars movie, but one of the worst movies of all time. All right, now this is where I've seen the OT and PT hundreds of times. Do you know anyone? Know? Original trilogy and people Thank you. Trilogy. See, I told you any help. Yet could not make it through a second viewing of ROS. I know what that is. After seeing it in the theater. So he did go back to see it twice in the theater. But, but listen to this, Devin. This book made that scatterbrain mess make so much more sense that I not only got through the movie again, but I actually liked it. The movie still has many, many problems, but now they are no more than the other two Disney trilogy disappointments served up. Then there's a lot of shame on Disney stuff. Um, but basically, what Mandalore 41 is saying is that this Adam Christopher book, Shadow of the Sith, makes Rise of Skywalker a more enjoyable film. Maybe I need to read it. I then. think Lauren Morgan needs to read it. I'm going to order this for Lauren Morgan. Much so. I am literally going to like what's like the fast buy click grill, like one click option on Amazon <laughs> that I'm going to do to send this to Lauren Morgan. You know what? Let's uh Lauren Morgan a little more. Uh, there was a text thread going through per use between Devin, Lauren and myself today. Actually, I don't even really. Yeah, I did. I did chime on this a little bit and I'm going to now read some of Lauren's texts without her permission. <laughs> Just the kind of guy. I am. <laughs> It's, this is from Lauren. Unprompted, by the way. This is the way it come, they just come in hot. Like there's no <laughs> she's <laughs> out of nowhere. Uh, clearly the Bad Batch, as we're recording this, Bad Batch just came out on the day we we're recording this. Now, Laura, uh, Devin and I saw him a little early because, again, we're fancy. Uh, Lauren wrote, It's so funny how much time the Verse is spending on getting the Rise of Skywalker to make sense, and it's actually kind of working. It's actually so this is Lauren's love of Filoni matched up with her hatred of Rise of Skywalker. It's uh, what's who's gonna win out? I don't know.
2: Very interesting. Is she rethinking her drink, Devin? I don't know. I mean, I think I I, I think you, you could completely re- rewrite that movie and re release it, and I, I think Lauren would still refuse on principle to to ever watch it um, yeah, she, she did so, i will say
1: she ended the text thread i'm not going to read the entire but she ended it with i'm still not rewatching that stupid movie <laughs>
2: <laughs> so there you go <laughs> lauren's gonna lauren <laughs> yeah that's that's accurate i'm i'm team lauren on this one um but no yeah it, it is and we'll get into this a little bit when we talk about the bad batch some of the you know Palpatine returned kind of foreshadowing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's something, though, that it is kind of interesting because, I mean, that's what arguably happened with the prequels. Prequels came out. Everybody was like, eh. and then Clone Wars came out. And suddenly there was this added depth, particularly to kind of like the storylines that we see in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Um, you get so much of a, a sense of why Anakin is the way he is, his relationship with Padme, his relationship with Obi-Wan, like just so much depth and added, you know, kind of nuance and storytelling that, you know, being a Clone Wars fan has very much improved my enjoyment of the prequel trilogy. So I'm curious if we will ever get to a point where, you know, kind of extended universe things and, and you know, some of the TV shows um, can kind of like, improve our enjoyment of something like rise of skywalker i don't know if i'll ever get there yeah. but it's a possibility well, you know i haven't read this one
1: i you know i, I knew it was very tied into ros and so kind of like it wasn't on the front of my list but you know maybe maybe if, it, if it, it's going to enhance the films that you're watching then uh then I, i'm all for it so maybe i'll check that out uh anyway Thank you, Takako, for the very informative... Yeah,
2: thank you so much. ...voicemail.
1: Appreciate that. Everyone else, give us a call, 657-799-1566. Again, we'd love to make you part of the show. Um, Spotify poll, another way you can connect with us. Our poll last week was, will you go to see the Phantom Medicine Theaters to celebrate the 25th anniversary? Uh, We polled you guys, asked uh, if you would go see it. 73% said yes. 26% said no. So I guess... 1% One percent is undecided, Devin.
2: I guess. Okay.
1: I suppose. Can't figure it out. <laughs> um, I think I'll be there. I said, you know,
2: I'll. Who am I kidding?
1: I'll be there. I'll be there on the big screen again. I kind
2: of am too. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get get a gang together and you know, go 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 watch. Yeah. Uh, all right. So listen,
1: I always at the end of the every podcast, if you guys are still listening, you hear me say, hey, reach out to us on social media and. It's always weird, like I always like, I don't really even give my right social media handle depending on what platform you are, because I have a different, well, I'm Dalton Ross on Twitter, that's what I say, but I'm the Dalton Ross on Instagram, because Dalton Ross was taken, because apparently there's another Dalton Ross that was like cyber squatting or something. Has anyone said the word cyber squatting in the past decade, by the way? (laughs) Sammy's nodding their heads. I don't think so. There we go. Uh, So anyway, but I did get a DM, someone slid into my DMs. On on Instagram, uh, Robert Hanna did. And I'm very appreciative of Robert Hanna for doing this. So here's what Robert Hanna wrote to me. Hi, Dalton. I'm from the UK and a big fan of Dagobah Dispatch. Thank you, Robert. Love our international fan base. I was just wondering if you are going to do a tribute to Carl Weathers on the pod. So, Robert, thank you so much for this reminder. Uh, for those that are devoted listeners and have better memories than I do... You may remember we had a sort of a funky recording schedule. You guys want to notice our our podcast just came out regular times, regular days on, on Thursdays. But I had a little vacay, uh, hit the beach. So we recorded a podcast uh, early. We essentially recorded two podcasts one week and didn't record one the next week. Because we didn't want to leave you guys hanging. I want to have you guys have an episode to listen to. What happened then was Carl Weathers, obviously, as I believe everyone knows, passed away, unfortunately, on February 1st, kind of like right after we recorded an episode uh, at the age of of 76. Um, And so we were away for a while, then we came back and it was kind of um, already transpired and and we kind of just didn't really think to do it. So we didn't really comment on the passing of Carl Weathers and obviously uh, a huge part of the Star Wars galaxy um, with the Mandalorian and someone that both of us uh, interviewed at various uh, conventions and celebrations and D23s and things of that, that nature. And um, was the most impeccably dressed guy in the galaxy as grief Karga. So um, Devin, I, I, you know, obviously not only was he great on this show, but a big part of my childhood, you know, growing up in the eighties, freaking Apollo Creed. I mean, come on. I mean, this is Apollo Creed, so great, obviously, the original Rocky Academy Award winning film. And then you go into the other. I mean, like, listen, Rocky 3 and Rocky 4 are so cheesy in the best way possible. And like you, you asked me my two main images I have of Carl Weathers. One is like the homoerotic beach scene with him and Sly Stallone in like slow motion, like frolicking in the waves and hugging and like splashing each other in their short shorts. It's like so amazing. And then you think of Rocky IV, the entire living in America sequence where he's got the the top hat, the stars and straights top. I and mean, he's it's like, it's so amazing. And like such like the perfect encapsulation of like the 80s and like this sort of larger than life, like boxer. Um And he was amazing. It wasn't just in that stuff. Like I mean, I was watching this guy in Predator. I mean, I could call it freaking Action Jackson, like best movie title ever, in 1988, which came out. In fact, when I saw him, Devin, at Star Wars Celebration, and he walked in the the room, the first thing I said is, Action Jackson is in the house. And he looked so confused, because I don't think anyone has (laughs) called out Action Jackson in 30 plus years. But I was so psyched. And then, you know, he showed his sense of humor. Um, played a version of himself on Arrested Development, other comedy work. So, I mean, the guy was awesome and a a super sad loss, uh, obviously for the show, but just for all of us as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, what an absolute legend. I mean, you called out so many of his incredible performances. I wanted to give a special shout out to, I loved him, love him so much in Arrested Development. Like what incredible impeccable comedic timing um just like fits into that absolutely bonkers world so well which is not easy to do and i mean i still say to myself baby you've got a stew going which is one of my his, his best lines in, in that but you know he's such a he really lent a sense of like gravitas to the mandalorian like from the moment he showed up and, and just like I love his performance so much and also a really accomplished director on the series too. He directed multiple episodes, um, including like some really incredible like action scenes, um, uh, and like some of the stuff on where like the Mandalorian culvert is like trying to go after this giant creature and that's like kidnapping the foundlings. Um, Like just really, really an extraordinary, extraordinary action director. And just um, from the time you and I got to talk to him, like he really loved being on this show and and specifically loved getting to direct on this show and like get to play in this, this crazy world. So I know like just, just a wonderful human being and I'm, I'm going to miss him terribly. And what a career for a, you know, a football
1: player. So he was, he was an NFL football yeah. player, only played like a season, basically, of NFL football and then sort of transitioned into acting. And um, he was 76 years old. I mean, like I never like uh, if you do the math, you can figure out that he was that old. But like the guy looked amazing I mean, when we saw him at Celebration yeah. last year. I mean, like and was so spry on the screen and everything. So anyway, our, our very sad loss, our thoughts obviously go out to, to, to his family. And thank you again, uh, Robert Hanna, for sending that DM to make sure we spent a little time here talking about yeah. Carl Weathers. Um, all right. Um, last thing I want to get to before we start talking about the Bad Batch is just a little bit of news uh, in the video game world. Um, I just finished Jedi Survivor, by the way. That's not the news. But I finally finished Jedi Survivor, started Spider-Man <laughs> 2 uh, over the weekend. Oh, so it's love. just one awesome
2: game into the other. My wife is,
1: like basically doesn't see me anymore.
2: You got to play Baldur's Gate 3 next. That's my current obsession and has been for like 6 my months. My son just got me an
1: Avatar game. Uh so mm. Airbender no, or uh no, Cameron. Cameron Avatar. I don't I don't remember <laughs> okay. what it's called. Uh so that's yeah. on the list as well. But anyway, Star Wars Battlefront. I'm talking about the old 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 Battlefront, not the more recent ones that came out for the PS4 and what have you, but this is the old one from 2004. It came out for like the PS2, I think. Anyway, Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection is coming out Nintendo Switch, PS4 and 5, Xbox, PC, uh, everything on March 14th as a bundle of the two original games, new maps, new characters, and more. Um, you're gonna and some of those new characters will include. Bump, bump, bump. Kid Fisto! Kid Fisto is going to be in that (laughs) Yes! Our boy! Let's go! Uh, And Asajj Ventress, who maybe we'll talk about in a minute as well. Uh, Jabba's Palace is one of the new maps, so this is a pretty cool stuff. I actually didn't play these original Battlefronts. I've played the two recent ones that came out, but I didn't play these, but you played these, right, Devin?
2: Oh, yeah. I played these. I played original, the 2004 Battlefront, which um, I played it on a Mac, which I think there was a Mac mm-hmm. port like a year later. Um, and my brother and I were so into it. Like this was that we were we were obsessed. So when they announced this, I was like, okay, incredible. I'm going to like download this for the Switch or something and harass my brother into playing it again with me. Because it's just like... I it was such a joy. This was, like, one of the first Star Wars video games I, I fell in love with. Um, and just, like, I remember for 2004, like, the graphics were fantastic. Yeah. You know, now I'm sure it's all just, like, blocky nonsense. Um, but, uh, no, I loved this game. I had so much fun just, like, stealing speeder bikes and bopping around all these amazing planets I loved. Um, so I'm I'm very excited for this. Oh,
1: well, so you're going to get both the, the original games and, like I said, a bunch of new... New bells and whistles for it. So uh, it is fun to go back and play those games. Like I said, like I still play Masters of Terras Kasi, which is for the PS1, I think. And it was like their Mortal Kombat. And it's just really not a good game at all. But like, you know, you're playing as like Vader or Mara Jade or like, you know, this Gamorian Guard. I mean, it's cool. It's fun. It's like, you know, I I just love that stuff. So uh, it does sound fun. It'll be coming out March 14th. You can rock and roll on the uh, old school battlefront if you want. Uh, All right. So listen, we're going to have D Bradley Baker in just a little bit, but let's talk a little bad batch amongst ourselves here before we bring in the master. Um, The first three episodes of bad batch are out now. And Devin and I, we could talk a little bit more later about we've seen through episode eight. We won't spoil anything in between episode four and eight. Don't worry uh, for you. But um, what'd you think of the first three episodes that everyone's seen here, Devin, just to, to, uh, you know, and again, we will get into some, nothing crazy happens in these episodes. Like no one you know, dies or anything. So, but if you don't want to know anything, uh, you might want to skip ahead to the D. Bradley Baker. Uh, so basically this, in these three episodes, we see, we know we last last season, last season that Omega was now sort of uh, the prisoner uh, there of Hemlock, Dr. Hemlock. And essentially these first three episodes are the cl- the Bad Batch looking for her and her eventually, spoiler alert, escaping with crosshair uh what'd you make of what we've seen so far
2: yeah i mean i thought this was a great way to kick off the season we get a nice little prison break i love a prison break i love the way that they actually like let this consequence from the last season kind of breathe and it wasn't just like, oh, she's in prison and she breaks out in the first episode and it's over and let's move on to new adventures I like that they really sit with this and we spend so much time you know kind of figuring out like okay what is Omega's life in this like facility that she's being held prison prisoner in um she sort of bonds with crosshair a little bit uh, who is also imprisoned uh, there I love their relationship um specifically um and that sort of you know kind of is a is a big thing this season. Um I was really really charmed by these first couple episodes and um just I'm continue to be absolutely in love with D. Bradley Baker's performances in uh, performances plural because he's doing like 90% of the work here. Um but no, I I I'm really I thought it was a really smart way to kind of kick off the season and um kind of set this up as this you know kind of hurtling towards a finale.
1: Yeah, it was um I love a, a prison break as well. Obviously, we saw a big one on Andor uh, recently where they, they did one. <laughs> uh, and and this was super fun as well. Um, I will note uh, some fun voice roles in here. Angelica Houston played Issa Durand, who's a, sort of a underground, underworld leader there uh, who was, seems pretty ruthless and had a big scene at the at beginning of episode two. And then Boba Fett himself, Daniel Logan, Did the voice of, I think, Mox, I think his name was. Basically, they go to this planet, the Bad Batch, uh, where there's a facility where they're hoping they're going to get some more information to locate Omega. And these three boy clones are there. And one of them, sort of their leader, is voiced by Daniel Logan, Boba Fett. It's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, it's such a fun piece of casting, especially because they're like young clones and they look so much like um you know uh original little baby boba fett and back in attack of the clones so it yeah it's a really fun piece of cast. we also
1: do get the emperor shows up voiced by ian mcdermott in episode three and we get some more intel and what we have known is happening here which we've heard you know They're talking about this on The Mandalorian as well, uh, Devin. I guess Project Necromancer, right? Right? And it's clearly this cloning technology. They're experimenting on the clones. The Emperor's very interested in what's going on here. This clearly is, as Lauren's text uh, said, tied very into The Rise of Skywalker.
2: Yeah, this was the part that really interested me. They're they're really leaning into you know kind of this more like cloning and experimental you know s- sort of setup for the things with the emperor and it, and it's really interesting to be sort of laying the groundwork for this now you know because most of the we've heard mentions of Project Necromancer you know like in Mandalorian and and I don't know if it was like explicitly mentioned in Ahsoka but it's kind of alluded to. Um, but you know those are set after the fall of the emperor those are set after um return of the jedi to sort of so to sort of see these early days of it is is really interesting especially how it's tied into you know the cloning process and everything with omega although i do got to say if you're like an evil sinister organization and you are doing some shady stuff project necromancer is pretty that's that's pretty evil like if i'm scrolling through like the empire databases and i see something called project necromancer i'm gonna be like what is that i want to know what that is you if you're gonna do evil plans you gotta name it something really boring like like project uh back taxes or something like that because nobody will click on that but if if somebody's like what what is project necromancer that sounds so sinister but i don't know the the empire has never been one for subtlety (laughs) as given the fact that they named their giant death machine the death star um (laughs) So, I don't know. I I think they need a new, um, like an in-house creative department who just comes up with names for things. Um, But uh, I am not in charge of of the Empire's HR facility. So, but that would be my suggestion. Uh, Don't call your top secret project project necromancer, but. Uh, what do you I know, know
1: everything is right. I mean, listen, you know, I mean, uh, it doesn't work out in the end None of this stuff. They are blowing up. Their Death Stars keep getting blown up. You know, their, their clones are getting That's killed. Um, so Devin and I have seen the first eight episodes. And, um, you know, they showed in that trailer, Asajj Ventress. We've discussed uh, this already. And like, how are they going to bring her back? She was killed off in the Dark Disciple book, which were unproduced episodes of the clone wars they've said that the creators have said that they are not retconning dark disciple so there'll be some work way around that we can tell you that asajah is not in the first eight episodes she's going to be in the season we've seen her in the trailer she's not in the first eight episodes we've got a ways to go and i was i don't know how i feel a little of course i was very really curious to see how they were going to incorporate her devon and and you know you and I both have been like, don't kill characters and bring characters back. But yet I, we both love this character and we both are very curious how they're going to make this work because they say they're not retconning. So we'll see, but it's clearly not going to be a season long arc that much. We know because in the, that's only 15 episodes and she's not in the first eight.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious as to kind of how that storyline will shake out. Um, you know, again, we, we've seen the first eight, it's a 15 episode series. um, I'm, and this is the finale. I mean, this is, this is it. So I'm really, and I'm really curious how like Asajj Ventress will sort of like fit into this story, which is very much about like Clone Force 99 and like the, the Bad Batch and sort of like the relationships between these characters. Um, So I'm very curious as to kind of what that will, what that will look like. But again, I'm not mad that to have more Asajj Ventress on my screen. Um, She's a great character. (sighs) So I have some bad
1: news for myself. As, as I mentioned, we've seen eight out of 15 episodes. So over 50%. Like, Devin, you and I have seen over half the season. And we all know that I've been here, Mr. <laughs> Negative Nancy naysayer. Spoilers! Saying that, that listen, I've been saying Tech is not dead. Tech died in the, I think it was the finale, season two. And I've been like, eh, Star Wars never kills anyone, Asajj Ventress. <laughs> uh, you know, they always bring people back. We're, tech's not dead. You don't see the body. You literally just see tech fall through clouds, right? And we know from Echo and other clones and other people that the, that the empire's constantly like experimenting on clones, right? I mean, that's this whole facility. We see all these clones. Wait, you like, think he's going to grow just, wings? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't know what happened. But I just know the history of the franchise and i know the storyline now where they want clones to experiment on so i'm like we're seeing tech again i've been in all these fights with lauren morgan about it and i'm really starting to get worried
2: now because tex
1: hasn't shown up in the first eight episodes no i just i
2: (laughs) i I did clock that immediately i was like i was a little bit on on tech watch for for dalton and
1: Uh, no i'm getting nervous i'm getting nervous but oh my god how great am i gonna feel if in like the finale episode 15, they bust into some facility and like, just kind of like the way they found Echo, there's tech and like, they have to save tech who's plugged into some machine or some like they're drawing. Bl- oh, I don't know. No, Oscar I don't know. Isaac
2: is going to be there and he's going to say somehow tech returned. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 so good. Oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about it. But look, I, you know, you got to sometimes make a bold prediction and I don't even know how bold it is because no one stays dead, but we'll see. I said at least we'd get a tech flashback. That was my fallback. That was like my safety. And I said, listen, if tech's not dead, there's going to be some flashback to some scene where tech said something to Omega or something that's going to click and help Omega or one of the other clones like do something incredible. Uh, these wise words from tech. All right. Well, I can, I can make fun of myself for making, making a really bad prediction. But now I'm going to put Devin on the spot. Ooh. Yeah. Because I'm going to bring it up again. For the, I don't know, 80th time? We did this list where we ranked the top 100 Star Wars characters ever. And kind of just, you can Google it, you can see it. Top 100 Star Wars Characters, EW.com, you'll find it. And it was a group list. We had, I don't know, we had like eight of us or something, maybe, maybe more, like working on this list. All like these meetings. Talking about where people should be ranked, this, that, or other. Devin was very influential in these meetings. Devin almost single-handedly got Princess Leia into the number one spot. Yeah, because everyone agreed with me. Okay, not me. But you know what I'm going to say. The one thing that I thought... Well, there's a lot of things I I was going to say, how much time do we have? <laughs> there's plenty of things. How much time? But I really you all said you nick romano was in this lauren morgan we're like we've said the bad batch had just started when we did the list we're like all right we gotta get a bad batch clone in there and i was like well obviously crossing he's the most interesting clone like there's no doubt about it and everyone's like no wrecker he's so fun he growls he goes oh hey like, like he's so great he's the best i was like you guys are just going for the low-hanging fruit here i'm not anti-wrecker but crosshair is such a deeper, more interesting character i don 't know what any of you are thinking, but it 's a democracy and damn it, I have to like like fall put my sword down and let you guys get Wrecker in there and so Crosshair was not on the list devin we are you 've seen halfway through season three of the Bad batch. Do you
2: regret that decision? Can you say that I was right um Crosshair is the more interesting clone. You're you're correct. Uh, this is when the show started. Um, I thought he was sort of just like I mean, I thought he was interesting, but he felt like a little one-dimensional to me. As sort of just like, oh, he's like kind of sneaky and growly, and like I, I don't know. He just he, he he didn't feel like anything we'd ever like he felt like something we'd seen before. Whereas like Wrecker had like a charm and a like kind of chaos that to me made him more interesting. But as the show has gone on and actually I talk about this in my interview with D Bradley Baker, which you can listen to in the next couple of minutes. Um, about how Crosshair's journey, to me, has been one of the most interesting parts of watching The Bad Batch unfold. Um, So I think you are right. Um, I think that at this point now, talking in 2024, um, yes, I think that Crosshair is the the more interesting clone. Um, But I stand by my decision at the time when I made it.
1: Well, I'll say this too, because I don't know if you asked, uh, if if you and Bradley Baker talked about this all, but I I interviewed him uh, before season one and I think before season two. And I asked him, I think it's season two, who's your favorite Bad Batch member to voice? And he said Wrecker. Oh, I love doing Wrecker. It's such a blast. It's so fun. So he's on team Devin, Nick Romano, Lauren Morgan. Like, I was so, dude, I was so bummed when he said that too. I was so happy to come back to you and be like, see, you all were wrong. The dude who voices the character Says it's crosshair. Then he's like, Wrecker. I was like, Sammy, can we take that out of the
2: interview? Can we just not <laughs>
1: run that section of that? Because.
2: Well, you'll be very happy because in this interview, he talks about his, his love for crosshair and like how he plays him kind of like a coiled snake. And, and it's just, it's, it's mm-hmm. a great, great conversation. So.
1: And I get what, listen, all kidding aside, I get what you're saying. I get your what you are you all were arguing when the show first started in terms of Crosser. You know, he had like the toothpick and he spoke very cro- slowly. And like, he was the gunslinger. We've yeah. seen a lot of, we've, whether it was Boba Fett, Cad Bane, we'd seen some of those types before. What made it interesting was the fact that he didn't go with them and was very anti them, rebelling against them. That to me made him more interesting. But anyway- I'm glad that we're finally on the same page yeah. on that, if not uh, everything else on the list. <laughs> okay, <so. laughs> uh, anything else you want to say about uh, what we've seen on Bad Batch before we uh, get to your interview? Uh,
2: just that I'm, I'm kind of sad for it to be ending. I mean, I've really enjoyed having this sort of like continuation of like clone wars animation and and like this particular style um like having that to look forward to and as of right now nothing new has been announced um kind of in this in this vein i mean there are some animated projects you know um there's young jedi adventures and, and some different things in the works um and obviously like the star wars visions kind of like anthology series which are all different styles um but I mean, I've I've gotten kind of spoiled, like having D. Bradley Baker voice a bunch of clones. I mean, he's been around for you know doing this for almost twenty years now, um, so or fifteen years, and so I'm I'm I don't know I'm 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 I'm, I'm getting sad as we're we're approaching the end. Mm. But will it really be the end? I don't know
1: nothing ever is uh well we still got listen 12 more episodes uh to go so they are not done by a long shot and we are not done by a long shot right here because the man who voices not just some of the clones but all of the clones is going to join us to talk all things bad batch with us voice legend d bradley baker will be right here after this super quick break
2: I'm so excited to get to speak to you about Bad Batch season three. I mean, I guess take me back to the beginning of how did you feel going into this season, knowing that this was going to be the kind of the conclusion of the the Bad Batch story?
0: Well, the story of the Bad Batch launched with a really spectacular opener with uh, Order 66 and this sudden, you know, galvanizing of what these guys are doing. They're no longer just uh kicking around the universe as, as hotshot mercenaries, but they're in the middle of a really serious intergalactic shift that is happening. And that this is clearly the story of them waking up to that and seeing what they're going to do about it. Then you bring on board this kid of all things, <laughs> and that completely transforms um, the stakes of their, of their predicament and, and of what they're trying to do. And so all of these uh, really uh, uh, charged aspects of their of their world that started at the beginning of the Bad Batch, all of this is being brought home and brought together to final landing with this season three. So it's 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 a very exciting story that it once is very big, but it also is very personal.
2: That makes sense. You know, yeah, because you've got kind of like this big backdrop of, you know, battling the Empire and the clones and everything. But it really is this like lovely story about oh, yeah. this it's family.
0: Huge. You've got you've got Palpatine and Moff Tarkin and you've, you've got the big baddies. This is on their radar. And that's the big story that's playing out. But like you're saying, you also have a family that wants to not only survive and make sure that everyone's OK, um, but they need to find their place in this. they mean they need to find their way through this and how they're gonna commit are they gonna are they gonna cut and run or are they gonna fight or are they got what are they gonna do? That's the story of the bad batch
2: and I know you've talked about this a little bit before you know being in the recording booth and essentially having conversations with yourself where you're voicing you know up to five different characters at a time has that gotten easier the more you kind of played these characters or does it has it always just kind of felt like second nature?
0: Um it started with the clones the talking to myself with as a room of clones that was that first took a little bit of focus a little bit of extra energy to keep everybody clear um but as we as we kicked along with it 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 became easier and easier it was actually a little bit easier with the bad batch themselves because they're so different and that's the main thing is that they are each a distinct and different character and so it made it a little bit easier from my angle as an actor to to read through the scenes as this team of soldiers if if they're different people. And, and so it, it was actually a little bit easier, especially once we relaxed into their characters and to the dynamic of what was playing out.
2: Yeah, it's because they're so different. I imagine voicing Wrecker is very different than voicing tech. Is yeah, very...
0: Wrecker is like nothing at all. Nothing at all like tech. Not at all.
2: <laughs> exactly, it's they're totally different people. And yeah. of the clones, I particularly wanted to talk a little bit about Crosshair. You know, his evolution to me has been one of kind of the most fascinating parts of yeah. this story. Tell me a little bit about kind of your approach to him and this this journey that he goes on.
0: Crosshair is the most transactional uh, and and cynical, um, the 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 least warm fuzzy <laughs> you could possibly imagine. Um, And he's kind of a sour old solitary lion snake that just kind of hangs in the background and then strikes from a distance. But he's no longer able to maintain this distance is the thing. He's tried that and he tried to go the solitary way, uh, which made sense to him, but he's seen the consequences for that. And now, almost improbably, It's, it's Omega that comes round to say, I'm going to help you. You need help and we, we can do this. You can do this. That someone who seems lost and beyond redemption actually has a ray of hope of somebody reaching out to him like that. It's a very affecting thing and it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. It's a very, it's a very human thing. And I think humans need that sense of hope and redemption. And I think that's a key thing about Star Wars, really, that they've kind of honed down to in this particular branch of the Star Wars story in the Bad Batch is a new way to encapsulate the journey of redemption and of hope. And that definitely centers on Crosshair.
2: That makes total sense. And yeah, I'm curious for you, I mean, you've been a part of the Star Wars galaxy for more than 15 years now, and you've voiced countless characters. Do you, like, know the number of unique clones you have voiced? It's, I mean, it's got to be a crazy number, right?
0: Be, you know, fans will give me posters that they've made of all the characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I remember, I remember the name, but I just can't, I need to go back and review this. <laughs> so I can't, I cannot... I I, I mean, some I do remember, and I feel like I still know them well, you know, like Gregor or Cut Quain or 99 uh, heavy, you know, fives. uh, And there's a number of them that are are prominent, but there's a whole range of them that are no less valuable to me. But maybe they were just one offs or but but you'll still find a fan. that's like, yeah, I really love kicks. I, I really love, you know, what, it's like this, where what episode was he in? Oh, he was an episode, let's see, it was his second season, uh, fifth episode, and he said this. It's like, okay, I believe you. And they're always, <laughs> of course, they're always right.
2: <laughs> of course, they, they've got it all memorized. Oh, well, they know, they know. What's it like for you when, to kind of think about your journey with Star Wars? I mean, when you think back, you know, when you got the job on the original Clone Wars, did you have any idea that you would be here, you know, all these years later, kind of telling this new chapter of the story?
0: As a voice actor, you start out on a series innocent of anything that's about <laughs> to happen. You just don't know. And for me, uh, I mean, no one was more surprised than me that I even got cast in this. It's like, you're, you're going to be, a sol- I'm going to be a soldier's? I don't. I'm normally doing the weird stuff and and comedic stuff, but soldiers, um, I I wouldn't have thought myself capable of this. I wouldn't have cast myself or thought to cast myself as this. Um, and so for me, it, it's very satisfying creatively and as an actor to have found this within me through the trust of uh, Dave Filoni and uh, and the whole gang, and then and just lucky to be along for the ride. That George Lucas said, Yeah, let's try it this way. And then kind of improbably, it's it's like a little escape pod uh that made it out of the Clone Wars, but it made it down to Tatooine. And by golly, you know, the story continues with the bad batch. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it feels. It's like this really improbable adventure that took me to all these incredible places and worlds that I never would have imagined. And I'm so I just feel so lucky to have been along for the ride on that.
2: I have to ask about another Star Wars role. You voiced the frog lady in the Mandalorian. <laughs> Did you ever expect that character to become such a, a breakout hit? No,
0: no, but no, the frog lady and, and the frog man. I, I voiced them both. It's it's um, it, it's something that you, you you become familiar with when you're on the Star Wars space train is that any character any little character standing in the corner is no less important than Yoda or Darth Vader or whoever. Every aspect of this world, people embrace. They want to live in it. They want to meet the characters that are in it, the people that inhabited that and created that. All of it is exciting. That's part of what's so wonderful about Star Wars is you don't you don't just want to say hello to Yoda and then walk away. <laughs> you, you want to dress up get the cosplay going get the whole family into it or maybe your fellow troops and you want to be in this world and so every character every aspect of it's like the original star wars uh the 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 bar scene in tatooine i want to see all these creatures hang out whoa stop pause it i want to look at that character for a while i want i want to meet all of it you know (laughs) so that's how it feels to me
2: absolutely well thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with me and congrats on bad batch season three.
0: Oh, thank you i am so excited for fans to see what is coming down
1: all right our thanks to d bradley baker for hanging out with us this week and thank you for hanging out as well and a huge thank you to everyone's taking just the 30 seconds to subscribe rate review the podcast that is super awesome of you really appreciate it Don't forget to leave us a voicemail message about anything you want. Just call us and say what you got to say at 657-799-1566, and you can be part of the show. You can also connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag out and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross, although that's not my handle on Instagram. See if you can find me. And at Devin Kogan, thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it
2: all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch Podcast is hosted and produced by Dalton Ross and Devin Cogan. produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening and may the force be with you.